some years ago. I was in a service at a camp meeting and the camp meeting was trying to raise funds for their annual budget and my father-in-law, Nancy's father, was not with us that particular day, which was surprising because he was always with us at camp meeting when we were at camp meeting. And so when the, when the pastor asked for pledges for the upkeep of the camp meeting, I really felt impressed that I was supposed to donate a certain particular amount. And so I thought about that for a second and then it occurred to me that if my father-in-law was here, he would do the same. So I made a pledge for me and I made a pledge for him of the same amount. I pledged $500, I pledged $500 for him. And I did that without his permission. And when I told him about it, he gave me a hug. And I could see in his face he was thinking, you only pledged 500? And then he also paid my pledge. Faith promise isn't exactly a pledge. Faith promise is something different, but it's similar to that story because what we're doing is we're asking the Father to give us the resources we need to bear the burden of the kingdom through mission. And so it's like we're making a promise for him, right? We're, we, many of us don't have any extraneous income in our budgets, but what we're saying through faith promise is this, Lord, if you will find a way to get me a certain amount of money above my tithes and offerings and my regular budget, I'm agreeing in advance to give that money to you for the mission of the kingdom. So these little cards force us to make a decision at a particular time and help us to remember what we've promised to do. And what we've promised to do is not to give X amount of dollars. What we've promised to do is said to the Lord, Lord, if you'll provide the resources for this, I will make sure you get it and I don't use it for any other thing, right? That's what faith promises. It's our ability to fund the mission of God around the world. It's our participation. We participate with lots of other churches in lots of world areas. And our, our missionary today, Linda Russell, will tell us about some of the stories that are tied to the mission that we give. Now, faith promise doesn't have to be just that because there are some of us who do have extraneous income and can choose on a budgeted system to give a certain amount of dollars every month. And that's a great blessing too. But whether you're making a promise just on Jesus' behalf or whether you are embracing a new discipline of giving to support the mission, I encourage your prayerful attention to these cards. At the end of the service, I'll invite the ushers to come back and we'll, we'll receive these cards. Or you can put them in a little slot in the offering boxes in the back. If you want to leave them anonymous, that's okay too. We mostly want to have a marker in time when we made a promise, Lord, if you can get it to us, you'll get it through us, right? That's what faith promises. We are delighted today to have Linda Russell with us. She drove up from Pennsylvania yesterday. For those of you who were at the Ad Advent banquet last night, you got to meet her uh, at that time. But she's gonna come now and, and bring not only the word of God to us, but stories from Russia. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Are you rejoicing this morning? 
Have you found the hope that's built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness? Have you found that solid rock on which to stand on nothing else, um, I'm sorry, um, when all of the ground is sinking sand? You and I have the most exciting news on earth to be shared. Are we truly excited? It's so good to be with you this morning, to be able to share the wonder of what God is doing on the Eurasian North Field. And I'm excited to share stories of God making the impossible possible, changing lives and having a knack for always being on time. Just as Pastor's saying, you commit to the Lord that if it comes, you'll give it. He will give. He will provide in amazing ways. And there's so many different stories that I've heard at Faith Promise Time of how God provided when it seemed impossible that it was that it would come through the money would come through well recently I was on a two-hour zoom meeting getting updates from the field and I'm excited to share some of those new um, new the news with you also good to have the opportunity to thank you for your support of missions for bringing the for us to be able to bring the good news to those who have yet to hear without your support through prayer and giving and going Nazarene missions wouldn't be what it is today. Your faith promise giving helps us to support 160, support work in 164 countries. Now, I know that some of you have gone on work and witness trips. This church in the district has been a great help to, to places around the world. How many of you, could you raise your hand? How many of you have been on a work and witness trip? All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your time. Because what you have done for us, I'm sure, has impacted your lives as well. And those that, that didn't raise their hands, you may want to look up the people that, that did and that you saw had a hand raised and ask them about the trip that they made. Because I'm sure that they would be thrilled to tell you some of their experiences and how God not only blessed the work that they did, but blessed them in return. I don't know about you, but I found that God's plans often surprise me. And because of that, let's go with that first slide. I delight in trusting God. I delight in trusting God because I have plenty of examples where God's ways have far surpassed mine. And it is a delight to see his plan unfold. In Ephesians 3.20, we're told that God is able to do immeasurably more than, we, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. In the message, this same verse reads this way, God can do anything you know, far more than you can ask or think or imagine in your wildest dreams. Now I can imagine quite a bit and I'm sure you can too, and yet God promises to do far more than we can even imagine. That's spectacular if you think about it. He's a God who is able to do immeasurably more. Are you settling for less this morning? Are you holding on to something bearable? because you fear God cannot bring you anything better. Psalm 84:11 tells us the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Let's be reminded of three verses here. First one is Matthew 10:30, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Psalm 139:16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And Psalm 139, 17 and 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. 
So the God who counts the number of hairs on our head, records our days in a book, has thoughts of us too numerable to mention. He wants to blow our expectations out of the water by coming through in a mighty way for us. Looking back over the years of, after leaving the comfort and security, we'll go to the next one, of 17 years of teaching in a public school in Meridian, Idaho, a setting where I was quite secure and quite comfortable with and loved teaching, and I, was, I just expected that I would retire as a teacher. But lo and behold, uh, go to the next one, uh, an open door came upon my way in 1995 that wasn't even on my radar, and it was an opportunity to trade one capital city, Boise, Idaho, for a much larger, much older capital city of Moscow, Russia. It began a path that covered 27 years of serving the Lord in the Church of the Nazarene in Moscow, Russia, and seven other countries, to, to today being one year retired, but still being in ministry, just not overseas. I can see how God's hand was upon, each, upon me each step of the way. As each opportunity presented itself, I stepped out in faith, trusted him, and experienced such joy and blessings, and yes, some hardships as well, but all part of a journey that was orchestrated for me. I can clearly see how his hand was upon me during those 17 years of teaching. Those were purposeful years of my journey. And I'm glad to see, um, I know Penelope's name. She doesn't know that I know her name, but I, I had a friend tell me about Penelope. Um, and I, I was so excited when I saw you walk in and you said you had your friend that you brought with you. Because the, for young people and for young adults, I want you to know that God doesn't, nothing is wasted in our life. My 17 years of teaching wasn't that I missed a call in college to be a missionary. It wasn't that I spent 17 years wasting time. No, those 17 years were purposeful. God needed those 17 years to help mold me and make me into the person that I would be when it was time to go to the field. You see, I went, I went to the field in 1995. Russia wasn't even open to, to the Church of the Nazarene before 1992. So God's timing was just perfect. There was, there was no, no lack of, of my trust or lack of my not hearing the Lord. His timing is always right. I had, I had lessons to learn and experiences to experience that I would need before I got to the field. Then, time and time again while I was on the field, he guided and directed me for 27 years. And now in my retirement years, I continue to step out in faith and just trust him for what's gonna be next, to see evidence of his leading in my life. Let's go to the next one. So for me, looking back allows me to look forward trusting him. I see God's faithfulness throughout the years and it allows me to trust him as I move forward in the days to come. As I look back at the job and the responsibilities that I had as field treasurer overseeing the finances in eight countries, teaching conversational English classes to the church community, and teaching a faith development class for EUNC. EUNC is European Nazarene College. It's the nearest regional educational institution to us. And now it used to be located there, a little enclave of Germany inside of Switzerland, but now it is a satellite. And so each of our fields have a, region, have a field um, learning center that our students take classes through and it's associated with European Nazarene College. And then to lead summer um, vacation Bible schools in Russia, Kazakhstan, and Armenia, I can certainly see how he prepared me and led me each step of the way. He provided just what I needed to fulfill the calling for each of those responsibilities. 
May I be your reminder this morning that God will provide just what you need for his calling on your life. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips those he calls. So there's no excuse when you sense his nudging and calling you to do something, saying that you can't. If he's called you to it, he will provide everything you need. Go to the next one if you would. Delight in trusting God. The exciting thing about trusting God is that his ways and his plans far surpass ours. Now I'm sure at this point I could get some amens from those of you who are walking with the Lord and have also had firsthand experience of God leading and directing. He's had, you've experienced answers to his prayers. You've experienced surprises along your journey. Are you sharing those experiences, those answers to prayer with your children and grandchildren? You really need to. We need to hear your testimonies so that you can be an encouragement to the youth, the children, the young adults. And in Donna's uh, Sunday school class this morning, I thought how neatly this wove into it because we talked in there about the Wednesday evening um, prayer meetings that you have here and that um, the, the uh, encouragement to hear other people praying and to have answers to prayer, it builds your faith. And, and that's how it was for me, you see. For those of us that are 60 or older, you, we, we remember those prayer meetings, those testimony services. And it was those memories for me that were foundational. I grew up in the Collindale Church of the Nazarene. It's on the Philadelphia district. And we had linoleum floor, tiled floor. But I can remember as a young child coming with my folks, and I don't know why I wasn't in the children's activities on that Wednesday night. Maybe they didn't have them. I don't recall. But what I, I specifically do recall is kneeling on those linoleum floors and hearing the saints pray and then having a time for the elderly to, to tell us. And they probably weren't as old as I thought they were now that I, I look back and I think, oh my goodness, I'm this age. How can that be? But the, to hear the wonders of God's amazing grace, to hear how he, he answered prayer, those were the memories that I had as I went off to college. And why did I trust a certain thing or why did I you know, hold on to, to, to a faith? Because I remembered the stories that I heard in that church in those days. And so I think that there's a whole generation that's missing out. We're robbing them of, of some joy by not sharing the answers to prayer. And you have those opportunities in your home if you have children. Take them, grab the moment, seize the moment, and share with them if there's an answer to prayer. For those who are hesitant to trust the Lord with something in their life, you, and who may be hesitant to step out and do something by faith that he's asking you to do, may today be your reminder. Go ahead to the next one. Whatever God commands, he enables. Next one. God always empowers the choice to obey. In Psalm 1611, it states, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy. When we follow God's direction, we'll be at the right place at the right time for his purposes. Will you obey his still small voice today? Maybe it's to ministry in this local church. Maybe it's a call to short-term missions. And maybe full-time ministry is, is in God's plan. Maybe it's to reach out to somebody on your street or a parent of one of your children's friends to come alongside and be an encourager to them. There are just so many needs out there and opportunities for us to be God's hands and feet. If there's nothing else you leave this morning with, may you leave knowing, go to the next one if you would, God is a God of immeasurably more. He cares about the details of your life. He desires to be your source of strength and he has a plan that far exceeds anything you could imagine.
Would you be willing this morning to affirm God's immeasurably more blessings in your life, letting those around us know that you've been blessed by Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides? Would you raise your hand with me if you've experienced God's blessings? Look around. Zero in on somebody who has a hand raised. And sometime in the next week or so, if you happen to see them, ask them. Ask them, would you mind sharing one of, one of God's immeasurably more experiences in your life? I know it will thrill them to be able to share, and I know you will be blessed in return as well. Let's be, uh, have an opportunity where we, we share with each other. Even if you don't know them, that's a great opportunity to get to meet somebody. Hey, I happen to see your hand up. Could you tell me a little bit more about how God has blessed you? Because I guarantee you, there are people who came in here this morning who are discouraged. And I guarantee you that are, there are people in here who were at the point that you're at, but God brought you through it. And you can use that experience to encourage somebody else. God is a God of immeasurably more. Let me share some of the ways that God's moving on the Eurasian North field. For those that are new to the Church of Nazarene, I just have a couple slides to kind of let you see and know what missions is about. Go to the first um, there. Okay, so the Church of Nazarene divides the world up into six regions. And so they're in different colors. So you've got US and Canada, Mesoamerica, South America, Africa, Eurasia, and Asia Pacific. Now I'm gonna be speaking mostly about the green area, which is Eurasia. And Eurasia then is split up into seven fields. And each field is made up of numerous countries. And so the field that I'm gonna to refer to is gonna be Eurasia North. And it's, it was number five, that green area. And Eurasia North used to be called Commonwealth of Independent States. It was the 13 countries that were part of the former Soviet Union. And they called them uh, the Commonwealth. They weren't states, they were countries. And so we've changed the name now and going to uh, Eurasia North Field. And of the Eurasia North Field, it's made up of 13 countries. It covers 11 time zones. It has churches, right, and uh, established churches. So they're registered and um, registered as churches. It's in six countries. We have ministry work in two others, which is um, church plants. And then we have the opportunity to um, take a trip to Uzbekistan this past year to look about opportunities to begin um, work there. The ones that are underlined with solid are the ones that we have registered churches, and then the ones with the dashes and the dots, there are church plants. And then Latvia, if you're counting, you'll see, well, wait a minute, Linda, you left out one. Well, that would be Latvia. Latvia, we had a missionary couple there for a couple of years, they were Russian, and when the war broke out, they were not able to re-register, and so they had to leave the country. And so we have some people there who were starting to, to become a part of a home group, and now they're, uh, um, Alexei and Olga are in contact with them, but we would love to have another missionary couple to be able to go and to continue the ministry that they were doing. So if you would, I'm going to ask you a couple different places here to, to be put on your prayer list. Would you pray for God to lay on someone's heart to, to go as a volunteer or to a, as a missionary to go and minister to the, our little home group there in Latvia? Well, in 1995, when I started on the field, we had mission work in just two countries, Ukraine and Russia, and we only had five churches. But today, 28 years later, we have an ongoing mission work, like I say, in those eight countries with over 40 churches and several preaching points. 
Go on to the next slide, if you would. This is the Eurasia mission team, along with the national DSs that are serving together for Eurasia North. And if they were here in person, they would love to be thanking you and expressing their appreciation to you, the Nazarene family here, to, that, for your support. Um, the ones that are our DSs, national DSs, it's the one with the Y, and that's our Russia North DS, and, that, uh, and then down in the W, that's our Russia South DS, and then over with the D is our Ukraine, oops, I skipped over the O. The O is uh, the Kwans, and they're in Central Asia, and then in the D is Svetlana and um, Sergei, and they're in Ukraine, and then the others are our missionary couples, which I'll share a couple stories about a couple of them. Well, as part of this local Nazarene church, you're making a difference around the world through your prayers, through your giving, and because of your commitment to missions, we have committed Christians serving in eight of the former Soviet Union countries. Go to the next slide then, if you would. The Eurasian North Field has been ravaged by war since February 24th of 2002, when Russia attacked Ukraine. But what you may not know is that on the 19th of September of this year, 2023, Azerbaijan launched a large-scale attack on Armenia, the Nagorno-Karabakh region. Astrakh is how the Armenians refer to that area. They targeted civilian infrastructure and the population as well. There were civilian deaths and injuries. And um, you'll go to the next one. On September 24th, it was announced that families who, had who were left homeless by the bombings and as a result of the military operations would be transferred to Armenia, to another portion of Armenia if they wanted, but they would be accompanied by the Russian peacekeepers. The Azerbaijan government ordered the Armenian Ostok government to dissolve all its institutions and parliament and to cease to exist as a nation and to be absorbed into Azerbaijan. Go to with the next one there. The Archstock Autonomous Republic was the home of more than 120,000 people that saw their ancestral land and properties taken. The government had offered our, the Armenian population to stay and, if they wanted to, but they'd be under the Azerbaijan rule. The Armenians knew that this would be very tricky and they feared another genocide like the one of the Ottoman Empire committed in 1915 against the Armenians where more than a million and a half Armenians were massacred. So you can be praying, as you go to the next slide there, praying for Armenian churches as they provide humanitarian assistance to those who have been internally displaced and in need of warm clothing, especially with the winter coming on. This, all of that you see there, were supplies and, and funded by Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, which you're a part of as this local Nazarene church. And so we took bags of food and, and clothing, we took mattresses and blankets into the area um, of Yerevan, that's the capital of Armenia, but it's where we have a lot of the displaced right now. And so our little church in Yerevan there, as well as three other churches in northern Armenia, are caring for the needs of those displaced people in their area. Here is also some other pictures of how the Church of the Nazarene through Nazarene Compassionate Ministries has come alongside the Ukrainians there we go, um, at the border between Poland. When a lot of them needed to leave, the moms and children, they would go by train to the border and then we had um, some of our volunteers, some here from the States, as well as those from, from um, Ukraine, were helping to aid the people as they came to get them to another train to be able to get on to another city where they were headed. Then the next picture also shows the um, church in Kazakhstan 
in Kazatin, Ukraine, where we use that as a humanitarian base. And again, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries provided for the care that we needed there at that church. Then our Russian churches also have helped those that were crossing the border from neighboring, country, uh, neighboring cities into southern Russia. Go ahead to the next one. And you'll see that the people came um, by literally by the hundreds to receive the assistance and the aid that they could get. Go ahead to the next one if you would. Well, the war in Ukraine continues and does not seem to be ending soon. Besides the massive destruction of infrastructure, civilians, and including children and women and elderly, have continued to be the collateral damage. Evil will not stop here. There is always the desire to create chaos, destroy and kill. Jesus made a clear description of how evil works in the Gospel of John in 10.10. The thief Satan comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Our faith is that soon the King of Kings will come and bring peace. But in the meantime, we are seeing evidence of new life here and now. I want to show you where Kiev is. Kiev's the capital of Ukraine, and that's where we have um, a couple of churches. And then if you'll go to the next one, this is the Kiev church. Um, it, it, before the war, it had about 40 people who were in attendance. And through the... Uh, go to the next one if you would, through, again, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries and the humanitarian aid, and this becoming a humanitarian aid center, the saying has remained true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when they were in need, they came by the hundreds. Go to the next picture. That little church that had 40 before the war, this was a couple Sundays ago, has over 400 coming they have had to have double session services. Now granted, they are seekers. They had a humanitarian need and then they wanted to hear a little bit more about their spiritual need. Our caring efforts have resulted in the, like I say, double session services regularly. Here's a report from Zena, one of our leaders there in Kiev. She says, our church has grown from 40 to 400 people, so there's lots to do. People come for physical food, and they stayed for the spiritual food as well. While Kiev is not as damaged compared to many other cities, we have a lot of internally displaced refugees, so people are sort of forced to think about what's after this life. We have so many seekers to minister to. We have an amazing opportunity not just to help them in their healing, but to introduce them to their healer. We're sharing the hope that Jesus speaks of in John 8:12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. They've started small groups. They now have 18 small groups, if you can imagine, 20 to 27 in each group. New life is emerging out of the rubble. New names are written down in the book of life. Go to the next picture. Uh, and, and this is just to give you some ideas of, of the ones. Of course, there are many women. And why is that? Because the men are in the army. Elderly men have passed on. A lot of younger women who have chosen not to leave are there with their young children. Go ahead to the next one. 
Great opportunity too we had to have a, a, a um, activity for children in the area. Now take a look, I mean these are people who have been in this area for as long as that church has been there, but they didn't care enough when they were invited to come, but it was their need that brought them. So humanitarian opportunities are wonderful opportunities to share the good news. And so I'm thinking about the opportunities we have at Christmas time to extend um, care and, and, and help to those around us. Go ahead to the next one if you would. There's Z and her husband. Her husband is in the army. He um, was stationed close to the front lines for about a year and then now he's stationed in Kiev itself. She has, they have two teenage children and her prayer request is my mental health. Burnout. With so much that's going on, you can imagine how high some of those needs are. And then the wisdom with all the church services and all the ministry and of course and ends the wars is their, their prayer. Go ahead to the next one if you would. This picture here reminds me of the fact that little do we know what seeds that have been planted or through the, the, the rubble that's out there that God's gonna raise new, and I think of it as a forest that has a forest fire. And all of a sudden, a year or so later, you see these little saplings that begin to grow. God is working in the midst of it all. And even though we may not see it on the surface, good things are happening. And wanted to share that with you. Well, go to the next one if you would. This is a, a Bible verse that was given to me during the Zoom meeting, and this is what the theme is, a theme verse for our field in 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Go ahead to the next one. This is Tanya and Davida Cantarella. Tanya's Russian, Davida's Italian. Um, they met at UNC, European Nazarene College, there in Germany, and uh, graduated, came back to Moscow, and Tanya began to pastor Moscow First Church, taking over Chuck Sundberg's um, uh, pastorate there. They then moved to Minsk, Belarus. They have a wonderful ministry. They had a wonderful ministry to deaf children at, um, hearing children, and they were also working in a children's cancer hospital. Now you say, how did you know, Tanya start working with the deaf children? Well, here again, God's timing. When she was in Moscow, we had a group of, of hearing impaired and, and deaf people, so she decided to take sign language. Who would have known that God could use that when they went to Belarus as a bridge to begin to bridge the gap between the community and the church? And so again, God uses everything in our life for, for a reason. And, and it's amazing to see how those things intertwine. So if you would pray for them, um, the couple, they have some challenges, but also I wanna go down to their prayer request there. Pray that God continue to open doors and that will deepen the relationships with the local church, or with the local cancer hospital and local ministries. You see, when COVID came, the doors were closed and they couldn't get back in. And just within the last couple of weeks, because I, I just talked with her, she said they were able to go back in and have a time of playing games and doing crafts. And um, those are special times for them. And we're just hoping that God will continue to allow us that opportunity to minister to the children and to the staff that's there. Pray for the, the um, wisdom as they seek creative ways to increase their contacts and deepen 
um, existing friendships, and then for God to call workers. That seems to be the, the key prayer request, is that we need volunteers, we need helpers. We need them in Belarus, we need them in Latvia, we need them in Moldova. Sergey and, and um, uh, Irina Talai are there, and she says, Linda, we're overwhelmed. We have so many opportunities, but we need the workers. So the fields are ripe for the harvest. And uh, so if you could just pray that not only will God speak to people, but that they will answer the call. And then if you'll go to that next one. This is a great story of God doing immeasurably more there in Tbilisi, Georgia. Jeff and Kelsey Hendricks moved to Tbilisi in 2020. Prior to that, they were in China for a number of years. The first year of their work there, they rented a ministry space in a neighborhood community center called the Open Door Center. They had kids clubs, summer camps, coaching classes, and they loved the space. But as they began to expand, the center said, we're sorry, we, we, we can't afford to give you any more space. And so they began to pray. They began to walk uh, on Sunday afternoons. They began to walk around their area praying that God would bring them a place like the open door. They would note for rent signs and they would call, but the place just wouldn't be appropriate or the rent would be too much. And after almost a year of praying for God to provide a place like the Open Door, they finally got an answer. The director of Open Door Ministry called and said that they were leaving their organ and their organization was not going to replace them. They needed to liquidate the center, but wanted to first check with Jeff and Kelsey to see if they wanted to take it over. So long story short, Kelsey says, we were praying for God to give us a place like the Open Door. Instead, God gave us the Open Door Center. Go to that next picture. This center has four beautiful classrooms, two areas where they have um, community opportunities and, and times to gather together. They, um, two meeting rooms, they have a kitchen, they have an office, they have an entry area that you can see on the top right where people come in off the streets and they can just sit and, and commune together and have fun. Um, it's on the second level, it's not in a building, it's right off the street there. So, but the monthly rent is $3,600, and that's quite a bit for them. Now, get this, they get support partially from World Evangelism Fund, which you're a part of, so you're a part of what's happening there through your giving, through the church. Um, they also are funded some by the field funds and then partially by some of the rent that they get from others who they rent it to. So their prayer request is, we ask you to pray and tell people about our little country of Georgia. Pray that God calls people to join us. Pray for the impact of the Open Door Center and all that we're doing to impact our little community. We're in need of people to come and be volunteer missionaries for a year or two to help us to be a teacher, to run the accounting, to do outreach ministries, or even come in the winter time to help us with winter camps. So those who are in construction or uh, have a, a job that's, that's seasonal, there's your opportunity. She says, we have big dreams and plans for the years ahead as God guides us into the future of the Church of the Nazarene here in Tbilisi. Go ahead to the next one, if you would. And so there you see them again. They have their four children and they're busy as a family, but busy and, and just full of joy to what God has given them there at the Open Door Center. Go ahead to the next one if you would. Here are just a, a few opportunities for you to see what else, is, what else is going on on the field. Here are our youth camps and leadership development, both in Russia and Ukraine and not, yes, Ukraine and, and Central Asia. Go ahead to the next one. Here we had other groupings that took place this past summer. One is in um, uh, 
uh, Vapnyarka, Ukraine, the top right one, that's our church there, as well as in Central Asia. Go ahead to the next one. Again, opportunities for our pastors to get together for leadership development activities, Russia North, Kazakhstan, Russia South, Armenia, and then the next one. There's a woman's retreat, first one ever that they had this past fall there in Armenia, and then to the next one. And then here we had a baptism in the Far East. That's uh, Daniel Kim down on the bottom with his little home group that he started there, and then in the top was in Armenia, and then in Ukraine, Odessa. Um, the, there was a couple last evening that I spoke with that uh, are from Odessa, and um, that's a baptism that took place there. So thank you, thank you for your support of missions. Thank you for praying, for giving, so that the good news can be taken to those who have not yet heard. Exciting days are in store. May God continue to find you faithful. May you delight in your journey, trusting him. Trust him with your impossibilities and see the wonder of what he desires to do in and through you. Leave this morning knowing that God cares about those details. He desires to be your source of strength and has a plan for you that far exceeds anything you could ever imagine. Trust him and delight in serving him, the one who wants to do immeasurably more in your life than you can think or imagine. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. If you take a moment to uh, prayerfully fill out these cards. Um, I'm going to invite Aaron to come at this time. We're going to sing a closing song. And on the third verse of that song, I'll invite the ushers to come and start receiving these back. You, again, don't have to return these right now. If you want to save them for a week and pray about it for a week and bring them back next Sunday, that's perfectly fine. But we're going to sing together. Because you're writing, I'm going to let you uh, remain seated while we sing. But uh, I pray you'll hear the words of this song as we uh, consider what the Spirit of God may be saying to us. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I have made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Set a feast for them, my hand will save. Finest bread. 
till their hearts be satisfied. I will give my life to them. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the tend the poor and lame I will set a feast for them my hand will save finest bread I will provide till their hearts be satisfied I will give my life to them whom shall I send? Stand as we sing this last chorus. Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go. much for coming Linda now may you know the joy of being used by God to bring his kingdom may you know the joy of being ambassadors of hope in this world may you embrace the joy of reflecting the glory of God in your faces as you speak of his love for all to the glory of God now and always amen